You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. You're already laughing. Look at you getting it right this morning. (laughs) On the first try. It's only your like 60th episode. Well, I know, but yeah. But the first try this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. This is Susan Simmons, your host with Who Are You This Week? Tom. Just Tom. <laughs> Just Tom. <laughs> it used to be TomTheBomb.com. Boy, you're really, you're getting demoted or something. Um, according to the last photo on Facebook was Tom's <laughs> Nuthouse. <laughs> Y'all didn't know my co-host owns another side business <laughs> called Thomas Nuthouse. Not the Thomas Nuthouse or Thomas's Nuthouse. It's called Thomas, Thomas Nuthouse. Nut- Just check yeah. it out on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, this, we've got a proud picture of him standing in front of it. Uh, you know, you've been lying to me, yeah. holding out on the revenue. I know. I couldn't believe that we had to drive past it. You know, I was hoping that you'd just like have blinders on and miss it. But Well, we saw it going down yeah. and I made a mental note. <laughs> and I'm like, you want to take a picture? And he goes, sure. And I'm like locking it up. <laughs> but that's okay for the rest of y'all who listened to my episode on trains, planes, and automobiles. Tom and I had another adventure. We did. And we almost got in trouble. <laughs> it was. It yeah, could have been close. It, it depends it, on who at Border Patrol was working that day. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they saw us. Oh, I'm There's sure no they doubt. did too. I thought that Douglas <laughs> cop was probably coming to get us. And Tom and I were down on the border teaching the first part of the week in a little town called Douglas. And um, you don't it's realize. It's out in the middle of nowhere. It is. I it, mean, right on the border. But, but our clue should have been when we're going down there and it says Douglas 10 miles Mexico 11 right we're there and we were and it's really not like that well unless unless Douglas is only a mile long (laughs) Walmart is like that and Dunkin Donuts is like that yes and I mean they're like you could throw a rock over the border fence oh yeah I mean we were like within a half a block <laughs> with guns in the car and guns yeah, on like, Tom and, and we make a turn that teach me to turn left where it tells me not to turn left yeah well but I could turn left it was just the next left I couldn't make because you had to go into you, Mexico yeah you would exactly or you would have to drive over those water barricades true so, no, I chose to back up into one-way traffic and make a U-turn and drive <laughs> on a one-way street. Because there was no way we were getting arrested before mm, class. No, I, no, I wasn't Hey, calling. that's a great intro, though. Funny story. <laughs> we seem <laughs> to on have some training. <laughs> we asked the Douglas PD people if they'd helped us out if we'd called and said, sorry, training's going to be late unless you can come bail us out of jail. Right. Um, and we will have that conversation with Border Patrol. We will. In San Diego and Yuma under a hypothetical there you go. situation. Yes. But yeah, so we have, um, today it's kind of interesting because our producer, Joel, is here, but he's not just here as our producer. Right. See, some young males can do two things at one time. I'm trying to add a multitasking on the resume. <laughs> yes. Yes. He's working on it. It, it. it is yet to be determined if it will be successful. 
as he's watching the board and not listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I write, Joel got lost. <laughs> so, Joel, we're, we're, of course, thrilled to have you here as our producer, but we're also thrilled to have you as a guest. And who did you bring with you today? So I brought uh, Tom 2.0. <laughs> and let me just say this. He's, he's uh, not currently. No, hey, you don't hey, wear hey, those hey. currently. <clears throat> Once a no, motor? No. Okay. But Once not, a motor, always a motor. Right, but not yeah. currently riding yes. a motor. No, no. Man is going to get deep in here. Maybe it's these headphones that were the... Are you not hearing things? I wasn't for a minute, but now I am. Well, stop moving. It's probably something moving <laughs> on the wire. Don't Freeze. Move. Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of argue that, that 2.0, I think I was actually 1.0, and Tom kind of came in as 2.0. Well, there I mean, yeah. Oh, let's not well, get crazy. Well, I meant 2.0 as technically. I'm I retired. An upgrade. He, yeah, he's retired. Oh, okay. All right. I, I can I, I can accept that. All right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> See, you can tell who the old generation and you. I did know 2.0 was an upgrade, though, from 1.0. See? Yep. There we go, Susan. But two. <laughs> See, I'm learning from you. But two of you in here that... Wore those killer boots, man. I'm not sure we, we can handle We had a good time. That. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, we need those stories on here one day. Yeah. yeah. We'll wait till you retire. <laughs> well, wait till I'm retired, yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell one that's a good one. At least uh -oh. as when you were coming into traffic, I told you, the first day you're in there and they call your call sign, I'm calling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. his call sign was my old call sign at Tempe. For oh, that's right. I forgot about that. So as soon as they called you, I'd pipe up and they're like, uh, no, not you, Tempe Tom. Yeah, you should do that all the time. Tempe Tom at Chandler. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But he, but he couldn't handle it anymore, and that's why he left. That's why yeah. he left. Yeah, he had to go back he, to the softer side of yeah, the Yeah, he world. wanted his 510 back over Tempe. I wanted my $23,000 raise is what I wanted. <laughs> and your call sign. That's right. My own call sign. You got your old call sign when you went back? Yeah. Somebody else hadn't taken? No. No, once you have your once you have your call sign, and if it's your badge, it stays with well, you. Well, it, See, was that's our, not it wasn't our badge over at Tempe. Oh, okay. So, and that's not the case everywhere. Yeah. Because a lot of places in Alabama they recycle all those numbers. Yeah. For whatever reason. Anyway, all right, boys Crazy. and girls, why are we here today? Uh, that's a good question. We can go <laughs> so many ways with this. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking on the drive over here how it's going to go, but. Um, my dad's birthday is coming up. Mm -hmm. uh, How old would he have been? 50? No, I think he'd have been 51. 72. Oh, Lord. Now we got to do math in here uh, between yeah, the four of us? He would have been 50. Okay. He, he was just a little bit older than I was, and I just turned 49. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So tell us all about him. So I'll uh, have to clip that out now. Uh, thanks, <laughs> but <laughs> he would have been fifty. <laughs> hey, gotta let you do your job too. <laughs> and and so I thought it uh it'd be a cool thing just to uh, honor him, talk about him, absolutely, and uh, have this podcast out for his birthday. Joel's father, I did not get to know very well, but what I did know about him, I did know that he was a uh, kind of a gentle giant of a man mm -hmm. who spoke Spanish that people that got arrested <laughs> never expected to speak Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And he was kind of known for rolling up phone calls just to kind of eavesdrop yeah. and hear what they were saying in the backs of cars. He was handy. He was <laughs> yeah. very handy. He was. Yeah, nobody suspected him apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, no, not, not at all. But Joel's father passed away with COVID 
January 11th. 11th of 21. Yep. Yeah, 21 was a really tough year for Chandler Police Department. Absolutely. Lost three that year, too, yeah. to COVID. And uh, Joel's dad, Tyler, was the very first first one. Then we lost Chris and we lost Jeremy to COVID also. So hard year, but I think the topic today is very appropriate because I don't think enough people think about the families in these deaths yeah. of officers. Yeah, I wanted to go, <clears throat> I mean, we could, I mean, this could be three podcasts long, <laughs> but and it we, might. we can go a, a lot of different ways because, you know, on the way over here, I was thinking all the stories that <laughs> we have of dad and, and you brought up the whole Spanish thing because, yeah, he doesn't look like he would know Spanish at all. Maybe, you know, taking Spanish 101 in you right. know, high school type thing. It would thing. be like me knowing Spanish. That <laughs> yeah. will never happen. Yeah, that <laughs> would be hilarious. Can it you imagine be. the Southern accent here? Yeah, how do you say y'all? Yeah. <laughs> and bless your heart in Spanish. Those are the things I should learn. All right. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, Dad was, he was born in Utah. Oh, really? Just to, like, paint the picture. I mean, I don't know how many Spanish-speaking individuals are in Utah, but I, I figured not that many. Yeah, he was born in Utah, raised in Arizona. So, yeah, the Spanish came from his mission. Ah. Right. So, uh, dad's uh, part of the LDS church, served his mission in Puerto Rico, and that's actually how he met my mom. And so, he and me. So, uh, we can get into all those issues, too. <laughs> yeah, technically, it's, it's uh, Joel's stepdad, but he was really his dad. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, that's one thing that I want to make really clear. Because when when Dad came came into my life, I was two, mm -hmm. and um, I don't have any communication with like my biological dad. And even back then, it was very limited. And yeah, Dad came over on his mission, met the family. He waited because, and this is a big thing about my dad, is my dad and. I always think back, I always associate like the words with, you know, the police officers or specifically Chandler PD, how they have it on the wall, but like integrity. Mm -hmm. My dad waited till after his mission, then to come back after his mission to then start dating my mom because you, you can't date while you're on your mission. Right. Right. And, you know. And this was in Puerto Rico? This was in Puerto Rico, yeah. Okay. So that, that, so that, so yeah, the. You know, they uh, they prepare you. You got to learn the language and, and all that. He served his mission, um, came back after his mission to date my mom, <laughs> and then eventually uh, asked for her hand in marriage. And, I mean, one thing led to another. My mom thought that because my dad was open to living in Puerto Rico. Yeah. But my mom thought that it would be a better opportunity specifically for me <coughs> to come out here because i mean there's better schooling out here there's more job opportunities out here sure and i mean just the whole custody headache stuff i wouldn't have to deal with um because there, there there's whole stuff there too um and so just kind of get me out of that situation to a better situation better environment uh she's like why don't we just you know move over by you and we'll be you know closer to your family too and so that's that's how we ended up coming out here. But I mean, yeah, that's that, I think they I was three, 
maybe three, almost four when they got married. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, dad's been in my yeah. life the whole time. And you're how young now? Yeah, I'm he's still a, a baby. People, I'm 31 now. Yeah, he's still a baby. That's right. I could have given birth to you. It's really. I have kids older than him too. I know that hurts, but uh, did your dad always want to be a cop? Uh, yeah, he wanted to. So he wanted to um, be in the armed uh, forces. You know, he wanted to be like in the army, uh, but. I, just with number of issues. So he had a uh, kidney issues that came from the family. Mm -hmm. Um, his, uh, his mom, my grandma, uh, actually passed away, uh, with kidney issues. Um, and so he had that, he ended up needing a, a kidney transplant later. So my dad went through all sorts of health issues. That <laughs> well, some of it was induced by the job too. Sure. Uh, Tyler had, uh, had actually died twice. Uh, before he even went to the police academy, really, and uh, he was on a run with a bunch of other guys. <laughs> it was the middle of middle of the summer, and he dropped from dehydration, and uh, and mind you, he already had you know, s you know that kidney family history to begin right. with. Sure. Uh, so then he had his his heat stroke, and and uh, he coded twice, and they were able to bring him back, obviously. But then that then attributed to other issues, which then later led to him needing the kidney transplant later on. But that wasn't until, what, 2001? When it happened? No, 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 the transplant. He didn't get oh, that no. for like 10 years, yeah. 12 years after. So. And, and keep in mind, again, when I say gentle giant, I, I'm not just kind of sugarcoating that word. <laughs> Tyler was how tall and? 6'4 and big. Big, yeah. big. 6'4, about 280. Yeah, he was yeah. a big man. Yep. And uh, so I didn't know that. about. I, I knew about the transplant, but I did not realize he had. And why was he out running? Was he getting himself ready for the account? Well, they, they used to take um, the gazelles mm -hmm. who would always do their runs from the department. And they'd say, OK, new recruits, let's go out for a run, get you ready for the academy. Because ah. um, back then you actually did a lot of running right. and everything else in the academy. Right. Um, that we don't do nowadays. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and they're out on their run, and he dropped. And so then... That uh, started. So it. then he got through all that, and then he went into the academy, and then... And then Did he have to recycle, or he wasn't far enough in the process? Well, no. he was. He, they were scheduled to go to an academy class, oh, wow. and this just pushed everything back, because obviously he had to be medically cleared and, right. and get through all that first. And, and so that pushed him back a little bit going to the academy, and that's probably one of the reasons why we were a little bit closer... Uh, in start times with the department mm -hmm. uh, because he, you know, he didn't go with that original class. Sure. Now, how did y'all wind up, though, in Arizona? You didn't go to Utah when they got married or when no, y'all moved here? No, at that, at that point, uh, his whole family was living out here. Okay. And so that that's how we came. Yeah, everyone asked me that from Puerto Rico to Arizona's uh, not a normal transition. He usually <laughs> hit East Coast somewhere first, Florida. A little bit of a culture shock oh, too a little and, bit. A little you know, bit, yeah. environmental conditions from this southerner who moved her butt out here voluntarily <laughs> yeah, it's, 10 years ago it's way different i mean even uh uh even like people of like the same subculture you know mm -hmm. arizona is 
as far as Spanish speakers, mainly, you know, Mexican heritage, sure. our Spanish is different. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that all gets you in trouble. Sometimes we have different words for stuff that isn't good for them. And <laughs> yeah, there's some funny stories there. But uh, yeah, we were laughing. We had dinner with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman a couple of weeks ago. And <laughs> Dave was telling the story of teaching in Spain. And he, I said, they speak English. And he goes, oh, no, we had a translator. And a very good translator. Yeah, apparently. And he said that he got up and was talking about how cops in America have a magazine in the gun and two on their belt. And she translated magazine to, um, oh, man. Oh, what was the word? Periodical. Yeah, periodical. And so he said the looks on these cops' faces were like, like what the they hell? got a periodical <laughs> stuffed in their gun and two on their belt. So, yeah, we understand that concept. Yeah. yeah, some things get lost in translation. But, yeah, I mean, Dad always wanted to be, he wanted to just do something to make a difference. So he, he couldn't get clear to be in the armed forces because of the kidney issues and, um, also, he was basically blind and <laughs> always had to wear glasses. <laughs> and then, uh, so then he did security work for the the Mesa Temple um, and for Motorola. Um, and then I, I remember him like per, like getting ready because you know there was that mass hiring event um, for Chandler, and he he I remember him like physically you know making sure he was ready you know, doing all his push-ups and stuff like that. And that was 2001? That was, I mean, I think 2000 was when he started. 2000 is when he started the process. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, then I think I think the kidney story is like the first, like, prime example of, like, dad was like Superman to me. I'm sure. And as I'm older now, I would say he was just stubborn. He was just so stubborn. <laughs> like, no. Like, I never met a stubborn man, you three in this room. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, at some point, like, because <laughs> it comes up a lot, like, in his history of, like, all right, maybe, maybe, like, you should just stop. Maybe, you know, maybe we should do, like, some office work where you just don't move at all. Because, <laughs> yeah, so he had the he had the heat stroke, which is, was extremely scary. I remember um, getting picked up from school, and I don't remember if it was police officers or if it was my aunt and uncle, um, but they picked me up from school, drove me to the hospital. My mom was already there. She's in tears. We go into, like, the ICU, and my dad's in the bed, and they have ice packs around him. And they're like, try talking to him. And he was just out of it. And he, his body started shaking. I remember the, the machines just doing that beep. Mm. And they, they quickly grabbed me and, and pulled me out of the room. I didn't know what was going on, but I saw his whole body shaking. Again, he's 6'4", 280. <laughs> so now they're calling in all these nurses and doctors to hold him down. And, and then they're bringing more ice packs and throw it on him. And then they shut the door. I couldn't see anything. Sure. But... I mean, I think we all know what B means. <laughs> yeah, flatline. You know? Pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, Even at that age. Yeah, because they were, they were trying to, you know, hide things from me or sugarcoat it, I guess. Sure. Keep morale high. Um, but, yeah, that that, that was the, the first time that he died. Uh, he he flatlined twice that day. Yeah, once, once at scene and then yeah. at the hospital. And Tom 2.0, tell us tell us your role in all of this. Well, I guess it's, again, like Joel was talking about earlier, it's multifaceted. I mean, <laughs> sure. Uh, 
Tyler and I actually started out on the same patrol teams together. Um, and then I went to traffic, and then he followed me to traffic. Although he couldn't ride a motorcycle, he, he drove a car. Um, so you did academy before him? No, I did academy after him. So oh. I actually started after him. Okay, all right. And then, uh, but by the time, you know, I started, we were on the same patrol team, and we stayed on those teams together um, until we both went to traffic. Uh, I went again before him. I had to do a little stint during the daytime. Not a fan of days. I'm more of a night guy. <laughs> And uh, when I went to Knights, shortly thereafter, he went to Knights as well. So we were on the same squad for years. Um, it wasn't until uh, 2020-ish, um, he, he was went back to the road. I was still in traffic, and uh, probably 2019. But at that entire time in our careers, we always did everything together. Uh, I'm hearing a little bromance going oh, on. Oh, it was. Yeah. What I'm it hearing. was. You know, and, and <laughs> yeah. we did. We, 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 we were work wives. There was no question about it. <laughs> work wives. <laughs> you know? So you both were the women in this, so, <laughs> in this relationship. So, so we, you know, we at work, we always knew what each other was going to do, which was great. Mm -hmm. um, we knew each other's cues. We knew each other's mannerisms and, and everything else. Um, but then we also had that relationship outside of, of work. Sure. Um, and it was actually funny because I came across a photo when I went into my locker. And uh, I don't know if you ever seen this. Yeah. So it's a it's a picture of, of Tyler and I. And it just goes that I've always kept it in my locker. And it just, it was about our friendship and our relationship. It wasn't, you know, hey, I just went over to his house for something. No, I was invited to his family's house. <laughs> that's at that's at that's awesome. um, Joel's grandparents' house, and they used to have a, a bas little basketball net like you'd have at Chuck E. Cheese or something right. like that. <laughs> the little game. And we're sitting there goofing off, and the, and it's hot. We're sweating our we're sweating our butts off, and we're just sitting there throwing throwing balls, trying to see who can get the better score. He cheated because he was halfway across, and he just <laughs> right. dropped it in. And me with my little T Rex arms, I'm trying to throw it up as much as I could. But but it just went to show that our relationship wasn't just work related. Sure. Our, yeah. our relationship was outside of work. And Tyler was actually one of my groomsmen uh, to my current wife that I'm with now. And, and uh, you know, he was, he was an important part of our lives and our family too. Sure. So, sure. so that aspect is, is how I, you know, I've watched Joel grow up. Uh, yeah. Um, the first time he could go on a ride along, you know, <laughs> he, he, he'd be there until he started getting older and then he'd fall asleep. And then, <laughs> <laughs> this is boring we'd, now. We'd, we'd be doing something. I'd look over. It's like, oh, yeah, Joel, Joel's sleeping again. Go figure. They'd have fire mess with me and try to wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know I've always I've always known Joel and I've watched him grow up and I've listened to his dad talk about how proud he was and everything that he did sure and uh, and his accomplishments as he was growing up and and some of his other challenges growing up so and that was a cool thing about our relationship is we bounced our lives off of one another yeah. um, not only work related but outside of work. Sure. It was a true brotherhood. Yes, it was. Right. It I was. think work wives was a better description. <laughs> there's I mean, there's a few relationships you have in in in. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're there in the in the jobs that are out there now. I, I don't agree. think those relationships are there. I agree. Um, our generation, those relationships are important because now I'm getting my 20th year in, in law enforcement. And, you know, that was an important relationship in my right. life. You know, there's a couple others, but um, those are one of those people that I consider my true friends. Sure. Mm -hmm. sure. Um, and I would do anything for them. Uh, you had Brandon on last week. Mm -hmm. um, with the Jackson Foundation, he's another one of those people that mm -hmm. you know. He worked with he worked with Tyler as well, yes. right? Uh, in traffic, so um, but that's and, one of those relationships you will always hold on to. And you're right. I, you know, the guys and gals today may think they have those relationships, and I, but I don't think departments even try to foster those things. I don't think they really like it, to be honest. 
And, uh, you know, it's like when Chris died, he had fostered that relationship actually with a firefighter. And when when Chris died, they were supposed to retire together. And so it kind of forced this person to, I think they had a few extra years on or something, but it kind of forced him to want to go ahead and retire because he was supposed to do it with Chris. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think the public necessarily understands how healthy that really and truly right. is. Those are people. huge. Yeah. Um, because not only do you have somebody who understands the pressures and, and the things that happen with the job, yes. but the reality is that, hey, guess what? We're human too. Yes. And we have problems at home or we have kids that, you know, hey, I got a question I want to bounce off you. You have those relationships and those trusts that you can put into those people. And that's important. And your kids are younger, obviously, than Joel. So yes. I assume Tyler was even a big part in helping you even know how to be a dad to those based on Joel. To an extent, yeah. I mean, there's some things, uh, you know, my my <laughs> my family stuff is a little bit different than, sure. uh, but then a, a lot of same, at least in this, in this environment, law enforcement and, and the things we deal with and, and the challenges we come across. Um, but, you know, I could rely on him for pretty much anything. Because he'd, he'd already seen it, right? <laughs> or, or I learned by the stories that he would tell me. So <laughs> this happened. Metal note. Metal note. <laughs> or like when jo Joel didn't know how to change a tire. Hey, I can't leave. Can you go help him? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I'm showing up at a truck stop helping him change a tire in the middle of the night. Because Tyler couldn't get over there. Okay, this is the jack. That's where we put it. Come on, Joel. Let's learn a lot. Life lesson here. So Uncle Tom taught you some things, did he? All right. Look, for the, for, for the record, we just didn't have the jack. Uh, did you have to do the sex talk with him too? Negative, that, well, that in itself, I would love to have been there for that one, but no, I was not. I was not. Darn, he should have included you in that. Um, but our relationship, I mean, we we went through some challenges, uh, Tyler and I, in, in the in our careers. I mean, in in 2016 when we lost Dave Payne. Yes. Um, we were both assigned to uh, the families as liaison officers. And that was um, an eye-opening experience because you see firsthand um, how these types of things affect the families. Right. Um, it was good that, that uh, Tyler and I were able to tag team this because a lot of times you would only have one officer who would be the liaison. Sure. Um, but but with the Brit fam or excuse me, with the Payne family, it was... Um, you had a very uh, <laughs> strong LDS presence in part of that family. And then you had the other part of the family, which wasn't as much. Sure. And there was a lot of them. And there was no way I could do it by myself. Yeah. So Tyler took the LDS side because he was, I mean, he was a very strong follower of the church. And, right. and uh, um, he, his faith was strong. Mm -hmm. um, so he was perfect for that. Sure. Uh, in fact, he gave the eulogy uh, at, uh, at, at, Payne's wedding, or excuse me, Payne's funeral um, when he passed. And you know what? Now that you say that, I think that's the first time I met you and Tyler. Probably. Because <clears throat> I had just come on yeah. within the last few months. And I think that's when I first met Tyler, now that you say that. So that was an eye-opening experience because you see the different dynamics in families mm -hmm. and families and how this traumatic event affects all of them. Um, so then you fast forward um, and uh, and... It's Tyler, you know, mm -hmm. um, something none of us ever expected. Right. Um, I got a call from Joel saying, hey, you know, this is what's going on. I'm like, well, I just thought he was sick. I didn't know 
by then he was back in patrol and I was still on nights and, and I had no idea what was going on. Sure. And, uh, and then I found myself in the same shoes again. Right. Um, and not many officers have to go through this experience twice, <laughs> um, being close to the person that, that had passed right. and, uh, and having to deal with the dynamics of the family or even wanting that responsibility. But I gladly accepted that because Tyler was a part important part of my life, my wife's life. Right. Sure. Um, and I felt that connection to the family as well, again, because they will welcome me into their home. Sure. Um, is and, there any training out there? It never even occurred to me until when I was talking about it, but is there any type of training out there for liaison officers to prepare them ahead of time uh, rather than being thrown into it? If there is, let me know. Exactly. So I, it's, yeah. it's, it's been a trial by fire. Make yeah. a note of that. I've learned that's how, it, that's how it was at Tempe too. I mean, there was no training. You, there I, should be. I've learned, uh, I've learned from mistakes, mm -hmm. um, I've made, and there's some challenges that you, especially as, as that connection to the family. Sure. Um, the good thing is the good and the bad. I mean, obviously losing Tyler was huge, but Joel's older. Joel's an adult. Right. Right. Um, Payne's was different because he had a small daughter and, and a stepson who were still uh, under 18, you know, just starting their teens, things like that. And those were challenges I was not ready for. Sure. Um, because I'm trying to be there for them. But at the same time, my role is I'm not a parent. Right. right. I'm not replacing a parent. Right. Um, but I'm being treated as if I am the replacement. And that isn't... That isn't my role. Right. I mean, obviously, I'll do anything for anybody. Sure. Um, just like, you know, currently I'm also doing the benefits coordination for the department. I didn't ask for that. You know, it was something. You missed a meeting. In Tom, <laughs> Tom, well, uh, uh, Tom Lovejoy, yes. uh, who's been in here before, yeah. he did that forever. He's going to be retiring soon. He needed somebody to pass that torch on to. And he says, hey, I want you to start doing this with me because I need to give this to somebody that, that knows this process. Because it is a... It is. Right. It's interesting process. Because there's not there's so many different levels to this. There's the the um the liaison part or dealing with the family part, um, and, and everything that's involved with that to you know, planning for the funeral to working with command and, and making decisions or advising them or suggesting, however you want to look at that. <laughs> yeah. And and then there's the family aspect, uh and and hey, emotionally, mm -hmm. um you try to be there to support that person. Um, and then on top of that, you've got, uh, you know. <laughs> Sorry, we have somebody knocking on our door <laughs> trying to get in the building. Um, remember the... We'll have to edit this part out. Yeah, yeah we'll have to um, edit. Um, but there is a point I want to make that I think it's also important to mention, too, that while you're doing that, 48 hours prior to Dave Payne's death, when you had to step in as liaison, you had another officer die. Yes, yes, we, we, had, we, we had Brian had Holmes who was two uh, down. At, so you're thrown in to, work, yeah. to a liaison situation where we've got two down. That was a tough year. Yeah. And so you know you're learning by literally trial by fire. Now you're thrown in in an even more personal. And I know you and Dave Payne were friends because he was a motor cop also. But yeah. now you're being thrown in in a personal capacity. Yeah. And and that really does change the dynamic. I said, I learned a long time ago. I used to go to all law enforcement, line of duty deaths in Alabama, whether I knew, knew the person or whatever, and then had a good friend go down and learned I did not need to be a part of the funeral and the process if I was going to help afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then Chris Ferrar comes along and Susan gets thrown in 
And, and see, that's, that's, multiple a, that's a whole new roles. challenge for you. Yes. Uh, in the sense that um, you have that emotional connection. But not only that, you have a job to do as well. Right. I mean, Just like you did. You, you are, so you're torn at that point. And then, and then it comes into question, are you making decisions based on what's best for, you know, for you, for under the shield, or are you basing it on what's best for Chris or Chris's family? So yes. there's a lot of aspects of that that are very challenging. Yes. Um, and, and I, I've just kind of had to evolve and, and learn from my mistakes and, and, Try to remember what things worked well, what didn't work well. Mm -hmm. um, but more than anything, I've always tried to to be there for the families or be there for the kids. Um, there were some some things that I, you know, I'm not going to replace a parent, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but especially with the situation with Joel and and Tyler, I was probably the only one that was closest to their relationship that wasn't in the family. Right. So that gives me at least a little bit better perspective. Right. Um, you know, cause Joel knows that at any point in time, 24 seven, he can call me and I'm going to be there for him. That's not going to change ever. Absolutely. Um, but it's a real challenge. And then we, then we saw it again with the Jeremy Wilkins when he passed and, yes. and, uh, fortunately I didn't have to do the liaison role. I just did the benefits and, and I helped guide those, uh, those guys who took on that role. Sure. Um, just like with, with, you know, the liaison that was assigned to, to Chris when, when he passed. Well, one of those was Jeremy. Yeah. So the was family Jeremy. got a double so, whammy. So that was a double whammy. And it was for the officer that, that was helping too, because Absolutely. now he, he was having to deal with that. And he told me at the end of the day, he goes, if, if you weren't here to help me, like when we went to police week, yes, if you weren't here to help me in, in knowing everything that's involved with this, he goes, I don't know what I would have done. And, you know, and it, it brings about an interesting question. Is it better to have the liaison? And, and I think Joel can probably answer this better, but is it better to have the liaison as someone who really is personally connected? Or would it be better to have someone as liaison who maybe wasn't good friends with the officer, but still have someone like yourself that has the knowledge that's with the family, but let the liaison person who may have to make some tough decisions and calls and whatever be someone else. Uh, it's 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 a dual. So I think you need to have that person that facilitates. I think that with uh, um, with with Chris and with Jeremy, even though I, I knew them, I worked with them. I you know I didn't hang out with them on, all the time or anything. But their liaisons were the people that the families knew of. Sure. They, that maybe even if they didn't get directly involved with the family or show up, you know, like I was involved with with the Brits. Um, they they at least knew who this person right. was, and right. they knew that that officer trusted this person. Right, and I think that's so you need important. to have that separation. Yeah, sure. you need to have some familiarity. You know, I guess I'm saying the maybe family. there needs to be two. Well, and and that's what we kind of do. I mean, uh, as as the benefits person now, I mean, I, I I look at it more than just benefits because it, it's more than that. I, I kind of help guide the the liaison just based on my experience, which is the same thing that Tom had done with me mm -hmm. um, in helping me get through the process. Um, especially with, with, uh, with Tyler's, um, passing. So that was, that was a big deal sure. having him there. So then he kind of stepped back, uh, on the ones after that. And I kind of took on that role. Um, he helped me with Chris's and was there, you know, with the family and stuff too. And then, and then I took on more of the role when, when Jeremy, uh, at, when he passed. So it just kind of evolved. And I hope if there's anyone out there listening <clears throat> that your department does do any kind of training for this, You'll reach out and let us know what that is, because yeah. I think it's important. 
you know, it's kind of sad to me if we don't know about it out here in the Phoenix Valley, which we've got one of the largest departments in the country, um, then, you know, is somebody doing this? And that's why we felt it was really important. And we were excited when Joelle wanted to become a stress coach with us. Yes. Because Joelle's going to be able to deal with older kids, even late teens, because he still looks like he's 13. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> the beard does make him look a little bit older. No, that's, that's why he has it. <laughs> when he, when he told me he was going to be coming on and, and, uh, and working with Under the Shield, I, was, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was dual purpose. It one yes. helps him right. through his healing process, which is a constant thing. Absolutely. Um, but it also allows other people the opportunity to see somebody who's been through the same thing mm -hmm. and gone through some of the same challenges and knows that they understand exactly where they're coming from. Yes. And that then puts the trust in that person with Joel. Sure. Uh, his perspective is so different from like mine or yours. Absolutely. Like, you know. Yes. We've lost friends, but right. And I lost my dad at twenty eight. So in that vein, I can really empathize right. with him but it it's from a different place as a as the child of a law enforcement officer and i think the family is a is a group as we've said many times um on this show the the family not by anybody's intention but the family's really left out of so much of what we call a lifestyle mm -hmm. and we got to stop this we need to be we actually at the training we did in Douglas um it, i think it was the lieutenant that told us he had his son Right. come in the training. And he was, if it's who I think it was, he appeared to be probably mid-20s, maybe. Yeah, at least, at least around 18. Okay. And like uh, again, everybody looks young right. to me. But, um, but I think that's important that we start to do that. And a lot of that doesn't need to come from me and Tom, but it needs to come from Joel. It needs to come from other cops, kids, even as adults, who are uh, able to get up and talk to them, I mean, my son and daughter could certainly speak about right. the law enforcement lifestyle, not losing a parent. But I think it's important if we really want families to remain healthy in this industry, that we start to do more work in that vein. It's challenging, though. I mean, if you look it at is. law enforcement as a whole, I mean, we, we try to shield our families mm -hmm. from the nonsense that we have to deal with. And right. it's it's not because... You know, we don't think that they can't handle it. I mean, granted, there are some that can't, and that's why a lot of marriages fold. Right, is because you know the other the other person that's in that relationship can't handle the things that are going on because they don't understand it. Well, how can they if we don't teach it? That's what I've always said. This is true, um, but then there's some that just don't want to have anything to do with it. Well, and again, you know, I remember when Marshall was getting hired on with DEA, there was a conversation with another agent and spouse. And so I, I was very well prepared for what I was walking into. And it's a good thing um, because I think that's important. And you guys can't train spouses. No, no. Because you've mm -hmm. never been the spouse. It needs to be a spouse well, of law enforcement. Uh, well, uh, technically, yeah. <laughs> technically now, his wife, his current wife is a law enforcement officer. Um, but prior to that. And I think there's a lot of people who, out there that try to train families who haven't been on that side of the fence. And it is a whole different side of the fence. And again, I think it's also, I can't train kids like Joel can or talk no, to the kids that's true. like Joel can. And he'll have a specific connection to it. Absolutely. Right. 
And that's, see, he's over here. I see his brain turning. He's going, <laughs> she talking about me. I got to get up and talk in front of a bunch of people and put her kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, I forgot to tell you, that's in your job description in fine print. <laughs> you're producing, you're coaching, and you're teaching. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I think it's important um, because, to be honest, I mean, there was, there's so many instances like looking back that's that's what i'm thinking of that's i'm going back through memories but you know there's so many times where i just didn't understand specific behaviors that i now understand i mean there's there's stuff that just like two weeks ago or whenever it was that we wanted to go see uh you know dave grossman speak mm -hmm. that there's things that he said that just like resonated and light click. bulb moments yeah because and and maybe it's just so my dad's very very private mm -hmm. um i mean dad's the type of like he just wants to stay home relax or like go to the movies like it's like he's <laughs> like his very, thing he What's loves really? movies actually <laughs> we did a couple marathons together yeah that <laughs> hey i want to go do this i'm like all right let's go so they have like a star wars marathon I'm like yeah let's do it so we're there with all the nerds and you know the star wars nerds are hanging out showing up their lightsabers and everything and you've got us sitting in the back just watching movies and please that... tell me you had lightsabers <laughs> we're not going to discuss that's that. a vision <laughs> but but that was that was his like getaway yeah sure movies were his getaway right sure and he would always go when something new would come out. Well, you don't have to talk. You just sit and focus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's like my thing now. My go-to is like I love movies, and that came a lot from my parents because um, they both love movies. The marathons is different. That's dad. And that's me and dad. Like me and dad will binge watch. Like we'll start on like are the first Star Wars or the first like Marvel movie. It's like I mean we got through one. We might as well do the other twenty. Right? <laughs> but we did, we did that one too. Yeah. <laughs> But like, you know, just, just my dad was a very private person. And so like outside of those things, like when he'd say he'd go out and it was with, like, Tom was like his friend, like Tom was his best friend, but like his only friend, like in my mind, like, Tom, like it's only Tom. So like going back to your question of like who the families would like, I think, and you brought it up one time in training. I think it should be up to the families who gets yes. that. But me personally, I wouldn't want anybody besides Tom sure. helping us through this process. Um, and that is an important thing. And it's something else again, DEA did. I don't know if they still do, but I was given the emergency contact form to fill out. I was the one who said who I was most comfortable coming to give me that news. I was the one who said who could pick up kids, all of those kinds of things. And they, they still kind of do that to an extent. I mean, um, you know, I've, I, w with my first wife and my second wife, you know, if something happens to me, who do you want coming to the door? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and you know, funny enough with my second wife, she told me who she did not want to have to. Right. Exactly. Right. Is there specific people that she did not want there? I'm sure. like, you got it, you know, whatever. Sure. And, and, you know, my contact was Tyler and Tyler's contact was mine. Sure. Um, well, and that's the whole thing. <clears throat> it's, it's. Um, who we're going to be most comfortable with, and you may not know who that is. Um, and I didn't have to panic every time somebody rolled up my driveway because mm -hmm. the person that was the contact knew and called me ahead of time, you want coffee. Uh, so it, it, it really puts the families at ease a lot about a lot of things. And it's simple. And you know what? The other part is we actually feel like somebody cares what we think. <laughs> yeah, we're we're yeah. kind of included in the lifestyle here, not Marshall coming home and going, well, here's who I put and who do you think it should be? Give me that damn form. I'll fill it out myself. <laughs> you know, I can write. I'm an adult here. 
But yeah, but, that's an important point. Yeah, but like so, so dad, he, you know, he very private person, and and like at home because, and I said this in training that like all all the cops are like, <gasps> like how could he say that? But like I said in training that when I was growing up, and dad would in my mind, catch an attitude with me and like start interrogating me about just little stuff. Where are you going? What's the address? Who's going to be there? He's like, do you want to come? And I think one time, like, I, I think Tom one time. Tom was following did, you the whole time. You just never No, I'm it. pretty sure Tom showed, was it you? Someone showed up to my friend's house one time, knocked on the door. They're like, just want to see if Joel's here. And I come in the door. I was like, what the? And, and my dad had something. And you were 21? <laughs> no, I, I, I think uh, I think maybe 18 at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there was there was times where like he interrogate me. I'm like, are you my dad right now? Right. Or are you, you know, this police officer detective guy? Like who's who's questioning right now? And so anyways, I said that in the training. All the cops were like, oh, how could he? <laughs> yeah, That's right. the truth, though. I mean, right. we're looking out for our families and we know the bad things that are out there. Exactly. Um, it's not a matter of not trusting you. It's a matter of just knowing because. You know, because uh, when something bad, because happens, when something does, right. you know, bad happens or, or, you know, back then you were in the same city we worked in. So, you know, we wanted to know if we heard something pop up somewhere that we need to be seriously concerned about it. Or right. Not. Or, or your, your dad did. He needed to be. And, and, and kids, <laughs> kids and wives and husbands of law enforcement, let me give you a little hint on how to let them know it without it becoming a real big fight. What I did was he'd start in on me, and I'd take a, I'd go time out, and I'd take a chair and put it in the middle of the floor, sit down, hold a flood lamp bulb over my head, and say, "All right, go ahead, go ahead, I'm ready now." Um, it was a subtle hint because you know how subtle I am. Tom. Yes, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, like a baseball bat, absolutely, or, or a red, red man's man stick. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah I, I mean, I understand it now, sure. right? And. You know, I had the lovely opportunity to work for for DCS, and so I was exposed to just a lot of horrific things. You know that where you know officers had to get involved, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, just um, parents didn't care. Yeah, parents. Yes. I mean, we're talking like extremes. You know, where babies not breathing and exposed to fentanyl and you know things of that nature. Um, but again, when you're when you're growing up, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, well, you just don't understand like where it's coming from, um, and I think that perspective is important. Sure. Because I I bet so later on in life, I feel like Dad tried to change his approach and would be very private about just different things, and he didn't talk about the job that often. Every now and then, he'd get you could see that he was bothered by something you know a call or whatever i remember a specific call um when he was on swat it happened in the near the neighborhood guy barricaded himself in the home and near I mean, your neighborhood yeah okay yeah, wow. yeah. uh he, guy barricaded himself in the home and he i remember he left early in the day we're talking probably 11 a.m to noon and i remember i had someone over later um and we're hanging out dad comes in and it, at this point it's like 10 30 wow. at night um and he just looked defeated. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how did everything go? And he just said he killed himself and went to the room. And, you know, that was... I know the specific call you were on because I was in the same one. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the neighborhood. Just north, uh, 
maybe three, four blocks north of the house. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's close. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there, there's, a, again, he was private, so I didn't get to see a lot of how things affected him or talk to, be able to talk to him about, you know, whatever he was going through in life. I think, you know, the pain death was something that really stood out because I remember him getting the call. I remember him being on the side of the bed and just crying. Sure. Sure. Um, cause that one really affected him. Of course. Now I, was your dad on motors then? Yeah, he was in traffic. Yeah, he was in traffic. Uh, in traffic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So we were, we were all part of the same squad. We okay. were all the night, night, night squad. So, okay. um, he was one of the cars, uh, that was assigned to our unit as well. But I think, uh, again, and he, he just, just said that David Payne, you know, passed away and I had met him. Um, I met Payne before just on, you know, ride alongs just briefly. Sure. Um, but I, I think what's important is what, what would bother me or what would make me sad or angry was seeing my dad sad or angry and he didn't have to say anything. Right. But when I, you pick up on those signals mm -hmm. absolutely, and then when you ask what's going on, I would get a lot of short answers like, oh, just, just work stuff. Just work stuff. Just works. And that was him protecting you or trying to in his mind. To. I understand right. that. We need yeah. to change that yeah. fucking mentality. Thank you, right. thank you Joel. Thank and, and you for saying true. that. Yes. <laughs> that's you're true. absolutely and, right. And it's just like he probably did the same thing with your mom. Maybe. Yeah. I don't, to some extent. I, I mean, I'm he probably sure. shared some, but. Sure. On but no, other you're things. right, Joel. Yeah. And I'm glad you're hitting yeah. on that because it would have helped you. Uh, right. At least to have known something about age appropriate people is what yeah. we're talking about here i mean susan there's stuff that so i mean there it's like so many times i just questioned like why he kept doing this and i never understood until you know i surrounded myself with well you guys and i'm, I'm hearing because the personality at home uh -huh. like teddy bear my dad <laughs> was a teddy bear he he was big guy but he was a teddy bear yeah but then I go, I go and meet some of, um, you know, some of the other officers after his passing. And they're like, oh, yeah, he was my FTO. You know, he uh, he was really tough on me. He wasn't a teddy bear <laughs> was, to them? Yeah. I was, like, I was like, my dad? Nah. No. You, no, there's no way. You know, and so it was like almost a different personality that I saw at home versus, you know, when, you know, that he that was there at work. Um. Let me ask you this, as a as a teenager even coming up, did your friends think your dad had a really cool job or did they know what he did or did they, and did they want to hear stories or did they isolate from you? Oh, no, no. Growing, no, I was, so I, I, I think it's the generation after me where it wasn't any, it's not cool anymore. Okay. Growing up. Being a police officer was like super, I mean, we still had the DARE officers come, you know, the DARE program was still, <laughs> right. still a thing. Right. So we had the DARE officers come through and, you know, it was always like, can I touch your gun? No, you can't touch my gun. Right. <laughs> but like, it was, it, like, it was like everyone wanted to be a police officer. And then when my dad was a police officer, I mean, so many people were like, can I get, have a ride along? Can I have a ride along? And just like different, can you put the handcuffs on me? Like, <laughs> sure. Like, just like, just you're like, preparing for later. <laughs> well, I used to get, can you tase me? <laughs> I would like to tase uh, yeah. you. Oh, if man. you don't leave, I'm going to tase you. Probably be frowned upon by the department. But... You just keep a nine volt battery in your pocket. 
with a million. If you can handle this, then maybe we'll talk about it. Because nine times out of ten, that's going to send them the other way anyway. Exactly. So just throw your tongue on it. You'll be fine. Exactly. So, so no, yeah, growing up, it was, you know. It, it was, was a cool thing. Yeah, it was a cool thing. I think, I think that shifted probably either maybe senior year of high school or after high school is when that started shift when, you know, you saw, well, you know, just media, media stuff. Sure. And so then at that point, <clears throat> it, it was almost like when someone would ask me what my parents would do and be like, oh, my dad's a cop, but he's not the one that you see in the media. <laughs> yeah, let me clarify. Yeah. This for you. <laughs> and yeah. so, but like, I sure. never had to do that before. Right. And so it's not like, and I was never ashamed of it because I knew, I mean, I tested for, for Chandler before. Yeah. And then like, I know all the stuff, like how hard my dad worked. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was never ashamed of it. And I know, I know the people, yeah. you know, I've met so many great people. Right. So I never saw that side, but the people that aren't exposed to that. Yeah. And that's why I want, like, that's, and that's a big reason I want to be part of Under the Shield is because I wanted to help change the narrative Absolutely. and help do more of like the community stuff because people really don't understand. They're just laser focused on whatever the media is feeding them. Yes. Yeah. And that's and always which, negative. And, and which media is right, feeding exactly. them also. And and the thing is, is look, like there's, yes, there's people that have made mistakes and there's people that probably shouldn't be in that position. Or maybe it's just a bad day, what have you. But there, right. there's definitely been mistakes made. Sure. But that's literally They're everywhere. They're right. human. Exactly. Like you see that in everywhere. Doctors, lawyers, accountants, right. garbage men, everybody. And, and the funny thing is, is you sit there and talk about the way he is at home versus the way he was at work. And I think a lot of times, too, we don't realize the difference. Yeah. Um, because when we put on that uniform or we go out and we do the job, we are um, – focused on that i try to say that i'm the same person in uniform that i'm out of uniform and 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 am i sounds good well no because in dealing with people unless you unless you are making things difficult i try to yeah. keep the same yeah. attitude with all the contacts that right. i have and i think most cops do and, right. and a lot of time that's how you get people to talk to you sure um but like my wife would say when you put the uniform on there's a change there's, a, there's a switch in mindset right sure. and and it is because now i have to worry about being safe. There has to be, though. What's going yes. on around Absolutely. me. I have to pay more attention to everything. Yeah, that's our concern but about that doesn't this mean new that generation I, <laughs> coming yeah, in. Right. I don't think they switched to that persona. No. Uh -uh. <laughs> but I didn't... Just because I put the uniform in on, it didn't make me change how I treated people. Right. Yeah. Because I always uh, wanted to treat Tyler people. Tyler was funny, though, because he... he, he <laughs> Here he comes. There's, I mean, there's people... He's an asshole. I'm like... He really isn't. You just got to, you got to peel the onion back. Right. You know, you, it, see, it, I never once you, thought that about but Tyler. Once you, but once you, well, because, but I worked next to him for so long right. that I saw the difference in. Right. How he in, could be in, when he needed to be. And how he was. And I mean, to be honest, I think I am officially the only person that's ever heard your dad swear. Yeah. <laughs> really? And he apologized for six months. I told him finally, I said, if you don't knock it off, I'm going to kick you in the ding ding. <laughs> because it was a call we were on and and he his voice went up and I'm like, uh-oh. And, and I heard him scream and I heard him swear and I'm like, well, this is bad. Oh, no. And, and I just stopped. 
and I'm looking at the sky waiting for something to come down and hit both of us because that just wasn't his, mm-hmm. you know. And I knew, and and I knew something bad um, was in the works. <laughs> Granted, it, it all worked out; everything was fine, and, and obviously, his demeanor changed the the demeanor of the people we were dealing with sure. at the time. But it was just, it was hilarious because he said that, and I'm like. <gasps> And the guy was like reaching for for a gun. He right? was reaching for a shotgun. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, that would change your demeanor very quickly. It, and your it, language. Too. But, but but that's the only time he's like ever swore ever <laughs> ever. Wow. And I've known him forever. And and I'm like, and we did we'd been in some tense situations, you know, working together for so long, um, especially when we were back in patrol. Um, we you know we were well, we stuck around B partners. He was a he was a X-ray unit because he was the, my Spanish speaking white guy, <laughs> and and uh, he'd show up to a call and and we'd be you know doing a bunch of stuff. And I never heard anything like that. I'd heard him raise his voice a few times, but but most of the time it was just it was just very stern. But wasn't raised, wasn't anything like that. And then when I heard that, I'm like, oh, tell tell the yep. story about the guy that was on the roof. Oh man, so we were. Uh, we were up uh, North Chandler, and uh, and we had a guy that had had tried to break into a home, and and just some bad people, and the guy decided to get up on the roof. Well, I'm up on the roof. Uh, I jumped up on a truck and jumped on the roof, and I'm looking for the dude, and I see his little feet hanging out by an AC unit, <laughs> and uh, and I, the guy jumps up when I when I announce, and he jumps up and he starts running. Well, I know he's running the direction of Tyler. (laughs) And I'm trying to get out on the radio, but everybody's sitting there jabber-jawing, and I'm like, so finally I yell. I'm like, Tyler, he's coming your way. All of a sudden, I start running after the dude on a roof. I'm waiting to go through it because the roofs where we we were at were horrible. (laughs) And, uh, And all I see is a dude jump, and then I look down, and I see Tyler holding the dude up. <laughs> and then toss him to the ground. And I'm like, oh, that had to hurt. But that was really cool. <laughs> we didn't have body cam of that, did we? <laughs> oh, I wish we did. It was, I mean, it, it was it was the early 2000s when that happened, like 2003, 2004. That's great. And, but it was, it was just, but he was just a mountain. It was a mountain of a man with big yeah. giant hands. And he just had this dude and he's just. Hanging from his hand and it gets tossed onto the ground. I'm like, that was really cool. <laughs> but this is what I mean. Like, I heard this story after Dad passed. Oh, you didn't know it ahead no, of time. No, that didn't. would have been a cool story to know ahead of time. It would have been, but like, it would also contradict how he is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Sure. Like, like I didn't see. Uh, <laughs> the only time I saw Dad really get mad is if like he parked too close to his car because he's so big. <laughs> so now he has like the Mister Incredible thing going on, trying to get out of his car. <laughs> That's the only time, like he would, like I would really see him get upset. At, like, He'd be like Joel. Yeah. See, see, if you stayed awake for the all the ride-alongs that you did, you would oh. have seen. Him. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But you know, when you're Tyler's size, you don't have to yell and scream. You're, no, you're mere and that presence. was that was nice. I remember being, when I first started Chandler and in patrol. I remember Tyler showing up on one of my calls, and I was thinking. All right, good. I'm glad he's here. This is a good presence yeah. here. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's what it was. It's just, you know, when you're a bigger guy like he is, yeah. you really don't have to do anything. No, and he could just stand there and be a, a presence. Mm-hmm. And I hope he had a compliance. chance to clothesline some people. Because they come around the corner and he's just standing there like hitting well, a concrete wall. Or they just run right into him and fall back. Well, I remember we got into a foot pursuit once and I'm running and... I make the corner and I know Tyler's behind me and all of a sudden here, 
and he just goes rolling around because he, he caught the corner wrong and he just went dumping into the into the grass and rolling and I'm still chasing him back and he's getting up. I was like, this is great. But I had this big mountain behind me. I'm like, if I come to a quick stop, he is going to demolish. <laughs> you step right when you stop. So it was good because it gave me a little bit more distance. So I didn't have to worry about that. And, and like I said, those to me are stories Kids need to hear this right. stuff. And, and I think, too, because there's not a lot of interaction off-duty. Um, you know, my kids used to hear the stories when the other agents would come around and spouses and we'd have, fam you know, gatherings right. like that because we didn't have family wherever we lived. And, you know, our kids heard funny stories like that. And I think that's important for kids because otherwise all they get is what the news portrays. Right. You know, mom and dad are protecting them, so they're not telling them stories. And they're not hearing things like that from you. I think to an extent we we try to do that now. I mean, I know that with some of the people that are still um, that I work with now that I do hang around to, again, like Brandon, um, you know, I, I we talk about stuff and our kids are around. Um, Tyler was a little bit different. I mean, Tyler was a very like Joel said, he was a very private person. Mm -hmm. And unless you let he let you in, you. you you know, it was work and then it was family. Right. And then every once in a while in between, uh, you might do something, um, but it was more so on a one-on-one -on -one level versus a group setting. Sure. And that was just part of his personality and who he was. He was he was just a private person. Reserved. Yeah. Very reserved. Mm -hmm. yeah. Did your dad encourage you to go into law enforcement? No. No. Uh, Did he discourage you from <laughs> going into law enforcement? No. My, um, I don't think. I don't think either of my parents did. My no, my dad was uh he didn't push me towards it, but when I said that I want to do it, I mean I remember because my my mom always brings it up and it's kind of embarrassing, but when my when my dad was in the just academy, remember this is recorded yeah. forever and ever yeah, and ever. He's saying I can delete whatever yeah, that's I, yeah, I know I know, I know the producer. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, but yeah, when um when my dad was in the academy, I remember like I want to do that stuff. I saw the the little obstacle course with the monkey bars and all that stuff, right? I was like, oh, that looks like fun. So I, I started doing stuff in, in my grandpa's backyard, just acting like it's the academy and, you know, cool. going through stuff. And <laughs> and then, you know, my dad asked me if, if that's something I would want to do. I said, yeah. And then he, like, worked with me on it. Hmm. So that was really cool. Um no, he. I would say supportive, but he didn't like. He didn't push me towards it. Whichever or direction like that. you want no, to go. Yeah. No, good. Um, he just always supported him. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. and even some of the big moves. I think it, even though it 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 uh, it killed him, you know, in, in a way to, to like when uh, Joel had moved from Arizona to Texas, um, he hated seeing him go. Right. But at the same time, he was so proud of him for yeah. for everything he was accomplishing and everything that he was doing. Sure. Um. And, and he was going to support him a hundred percent, even though, you know, his personal, his personal right. thing would be, Hey, I want you to stay here and, <laughs> you know, be around. But, but he, he, he was always supportive of, of, you know, at least in our conversations of everything that Joel had done. And that's our job as parents. Right. That, he was a good dad. That's, and that's what makes the whole last name thing so difficult for me yes. too. Sure. So for those listening since, um, the passing, we've kind of gotten a lot of, uh, just a lot of shit for the for the last name difference because I never changed my last name from Santiago to Brand. There's so many reasons for that. The biggest thing that I can say is 
I, I can jokingly say that I always wanted to be a baseball player mm -hmm. and Joel Santiago just sounds way better than Joel Britt over the microphone. Home run. Right. Yeah. right? Um, yeah, but, Britt just kind of drops off, yeah. right? There's, like it doesn't have the same ring. There comes uh, Britt to the plate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so and it's funny because even I had a geography teacher one year. He's like, oh, you have a baseball last name. And he was the coach. I was like, I sure do, coach. <laughs> but uh, That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I but, can't play ball for shit, but I got the last name. <laughs> but, but, you know, like it, it was more for me a cultural thing. Like that's where I was from. That's the, literally the only thing I have sure. from that side of the family. And I just wanted to keep it. I, if I knew all the headaches that I was going to cause later, sure. I might have made a different decision. Sure. But, you know, as a kid, like, it, I, I really never even understood that my dad was technically a stepdad till honestly, like, junior high, high school time, where mm -hmm. I really, like, grasped the idea because he was just always there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know, you know, if... if if they had already adopted me or into, like, I know how that stuff worked. Sure. You know, it was just dad was there. I mean, even when he was already a officer and I'd have my little league games or I'd have, you know, my travel ball games, he would go on in his patrol car and just show up for, you know, when he could until he basically got a call. Sure. <laughs> and like, he would go and show up to my games and like, we just had that kind of relationship, which, you know, I guess, made the made all this other stuff just extra hard when right. they question you know the relationship you're still joel Britt to me i'm sorry that yeah. that's yeah that's how that, you are on my phone too yeah <laughs> yeah, <mine Yeah>. too. <laughs> yeah it's funny i have i have really good friends that always tease me because i i had brit as my last name in elementary school until I guess they made it a deal, you know, because mm -hmm. it had to be on my uh, birth certificate or you whatever. You make up your names to go to school. Yeah. So, no. So, my, my friends would be like, my my friends would be like, uh, you know, I, I've known you so long. I knew you back when you were Brit. Like, you know, that's how long I've known you. So. But see, today you could identify as a girl, so you could have any last right. name you Unicorn. wanted. <laughs> yeah. I identify as a tiger. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm with you. No, but, you know, it that, that, that was always kind of a headache, but... Um, or has been recently. Did he ever have to um, tell you to be careful about who you did tell that he was a cop? You know, no. that was something we had to do with our kids, but. No, there was uh no, my dad. I don't know. Like I've had questions. Some people uh, also ask me if like I was ever scared while he was out. Mm -hmm. To be honest, no. Well, like, I was never, I was, big ne as he was, but, but at the same time, dad was Superman. I mean, dad yeah. went through, dad technically died and came back. And then he had the kidney transplant and then the whole foot thing. Like there, there, how many times did he retest for SWAT? A couple Pre times. Yeah. yeah. Because he had, again, my dad was stubborn. He had like hernias and just all this other like injuries. And then he had to be off SWAT and then he tested back. I'm like, dad, at a certain point, like the universe trying to tell you something, <laughs> right? But, um, no, I, I, he, he never really, I mean, every now and then he'd say, Hey, just be careful with X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. you know, or be on, you know, just keep your eyes peeled for this. But really dad looked out for me <laughs> in other ways. Uh, like there was probably a couple times where Chandler got some calls because of me. Um, <laughs> Mistaken identity, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This uh, I'm not admitting to anything. It's someone that I know. What's the statute of limitations on what we're fixing to talk <laughs> right. about here? But, uh, 
but I mean, there there was times where we'd uh we'd go play basketball inside the church because <laughs> I don't know why, but all Mormon churches have those basketball courts, and that that's that's uh, a fun place to be at, you know, <laughs> especially when how hot it is in Arizona. So, uh, yeah, we'd break into the church. <laughs> Uh, look, it wasn't our fault that if you pulled the door hard enough, right? <laughs> Anyways. It's called confession. It's good for the soul. Yeah, there you go. So, so yeah, we'd break into the church, play basketball. Um, and sure enough, he called me. He's like, hey, are you, at, you guys at the church? I was like, what? He's like, well, just so you know, someone put <laughs> in a noise rolling. complaint. And so if you're there, you need to get out now because we're about to pull the ball around the corner. And sure enough, I was like, we need a bucket. And we run out. And sure enough, we see we see cars coming. And we all scatter. Um, there's other times where I was, uh, we'd, <laughs> we'd poop on people's cars. Not real poop, guys. It was uh, this, it's like shaving cream, but it looked like poop. And it's definitely smelled like poop. And so we would just do it to our friends. What I didn't know was one of our friends that we pooped on their car and, and on their on their front door, uh, I guess they were out of town and they had their grandparents watching the house, house sitting. I didn't, we didn't know. And so grandparents were like, they called it in. And it was like, someone just pooped all over our car. And, and so, so we Tom's got Tom's looking like this is news to him. It's the first time you've heard these confessions. No. <laughs> okay. No. Just making sure. So, well, because know. they lived in my beat at the time, especially oh. when they were like, when they, with the church. So, but the stake center was right in the same oh, beat yeah. that I was at. So. <laughs> You're so, going, there he is again. Here we go. <laughs> so, so yeah, you know, dad, he, he'd uh, put me on the right path there, but he didn't, he didn't scold or yell. He, he, he you know, some of the stuff he thought was funny, Sure, but, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he looked out that way, but. Um, no, he, he really didn't instill, he didn't really talk about, I, I would think because he didn't want me to be scared or, mm -hmm. or fearful. Um, I mean, he was, he was just really reserved. I mean, I remember. To you, he was just going to work. Yeah. 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 Just I going to work just like any yeah. other parent does. Mm -hmm. But like he, like he really tried to protect on things. Like I remember a, a more recent call or like somewhat near his passing, I guess there was a chase guy who was climbing like a fence. And then kicked out in the face as he like jumped down. Oh, not a good call there. <laughs> no, no. So uh, you guys eventually got the guy or whatever. But what I saw, I come home. Dad had a specific chair, all right, because he's a big guy, so he needs his own chair. Sure. He had a specific chair that he'd always watch movies on. And so when I would come home, it was routine. Okay, I'd come home. He'd say, "How was your day?" I said it good and then he'd be like all right cool i'd see what he's watching is it interesting no all right i'm gonna go do my thing mm -hmm. i come in how was your day it was good and as i'm like looking at him i see that he's moving his head to the <laughs> side so i can't see the left side of his face uh -huh. i'm like are you okay and he's like yeah, again, <laughs> hiding his face. And so I quickly glimpse. I see that he has a bruise. I was like, all right, he doesn't want to talk about it. Ro, my fiance, comes home and she's like, oh, my God, did you see <laughs> that bruise on your dad's face? I was like, yeah, this stuff happened. I was like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Do you know? Do you know what happened? I have no idea. So give it some time. So, Dad, what happened? Oh, it was just work. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, 
I know the 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 puppies didn't do this. So what and happened? Mom, mom didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You and Tom weren't horsing around again, were yeah. you? <laughs> so and then eventually, like it took time. Like I'm talking like probably two weeks for him to tell me, you know, just a little bit of that call. Like sure. basically the the information that I I just said. That's all I have. Sure. And you know, this is this is like a theme. I mean, back in when I moved to Houston. Some shit went down, and he, and I still don't know the story. I'm so glad that Tom's here. You don't need to tell it on the podcast, but I, I got to know what happened. But, I mean, Dad was pushed off his team. Dad was pushed off the um, traffic team, right? And so relocated. Hmm. I mean, they, they pulled him off and put him somewhere else. Is that what you're talking about? I mean, He was, so removed, he was removed from his specialty removed. and then okay. put back into patrol. Right. Okay. All right. And... That was a really big deal, and he he didn't tell me about it. And the only reason I found out was because when I was getting ready, because you know, dad had dad had that undercover looking SUV always parked at the house. And so when I was getting move getting ready to move back, my mom's like, "Hey, so you know, um, dad doesn't have that DC uh, the the DUI car." I was like, "Okay," he's like. Oh yeah, he's not. He's not on that team. Um, he's actually been pretty sad about it. I was like, "What? Well, what happened?" He's like, "She's like, well, your dad was under investigation. Someone put in a complaint, and he was investigated." I was like, "Well, well, what happened?" And like, she didn't really have all the details, and then I never got it from from dad. And all I heard, you know, dad would keep it very short. Oh, it's just basically some BS. Mm-hmm. And I never got the story. Like. I can't tell you like how much that bothers me now. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, your brain's going to try to plug right. in what you don't know. And that's why it is so important for families to get information, even about the bad stuff. Yeah. And so I think this is going to be a very, another healing opportunity for you after the podcast for Tom to be able to share that story mm-hmm. with you so that you have the good, the bad, and the ugly, whatever it is. Yeah, there's, and, like, I, I, I think. I, I think the hardest thing that you had yeah. as far as that goes is you know how much that that detail meant to him. Right, yeah. Uh, that, and that right, was, right. he invested was so much time. A big part of his and, life, and, yeah. and, and to not only the, the craft itself, but to teaching and instructing mm-hmm. Um, not just our agency, but other agencies. Right. And, and he was damn good at his job. Yeah, That's, he was he was really right. good, especially in uh, in some of the aspects with the DRE and, and yeah. some of this other stuff. That was that was a big deal to him, and that was important. And I think that's probably why it hurts the most is because sure. you knew how important that was to him and mm-hmm. who he was as an officer. Exactly. Did he get reinstated back to it after all that cleared up, or was this really close to the end? Uh, within a couple of years. Um they didn't. They didn't open anything up for a while, so he just pretty much stayed. And I, I know his intent at some point was to go back to that, mm-hmm. um, but he never had the opportunity uh, before his passing to do so. Okay. Yeah, and I mean that uh, so perfectly was, and and like I, we'd always ask like, hey, you don't want to like go for a promotion or anything else? And he's like, oh, people have like asked me about it, but I like where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And so to hear that he was forced out because we'd always pushed him to go. You know, do something more. Like, sure. And he's like, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Yep. Like, Dad said that so many times. Like, 
this wasn't like this was so much fun to him and he absolutely loved his job yep and so to just know the type of person that my dad was and then to get treated like that yes. was just heartbreaking sure and it was really hard um and yeah i guess you just didn't understand it too and then to have no details of it yes. was extremely frustrating sure this is the end of part one of our podcast. Stay tuned next week for part two.